afterwards will say, well, I felt the Lord telling me to do this, but I just didn't do it. And you have to wonder, why as Christians, if we felt the Lord telling us to do something, why wouldn't we do it? Why would we refrain from, from doing so? So we're just going to spend a little bit of time on, on this to help us out with it. On, if you were here on Wednesday night, some of you were, we looked at a, one of the great kings of Judah, Josiah. He's the last good king of Israel. And we saw that in his repentance to God, he, did, uh, he turned, the word of God said, no king before him or after him ever turned his heart more holy to God than Josiah. He turned to God completely like no one ever had. Now, if you think back to David, David didn't have to turn. Josiah didn't have a godly father. But he turned back to God. He turned the nation back to God. Brought in true worship. Got rid of all the idols. Did all those things that were going on. But all we really know about the life of Josiah is that he loved God. He found out about the law of God several years into his being king and then repented. And God said, everything you read in the law is going to happen. I'm not relenting. You can repent all you want to. The punishment is coming. And so he just continued on with his repentance and turning the, the nation back and got rid of all the idols and broke down all the altars and just made a mess of those things so that they could never go back to them. They'd have to recreate new stuff. Even though God said, the punishment is still coming. But because of your repentance, he said, I won't bring it on in your day. Now, we spent a lot more time on that and on the Wednesday night that we're going to here. But after we have all that, all we have left to know about Josiah is that he led Israel into a battle against Pharaoh Necho of Egypt. And the Pharaoh had said to him, leave me alone, I'm on a mission from God. And Josiah attacked anyway. Israel lost the battle and Josiah died. So he brought up the question to you, if God was going to bring the punishment upon Israel, despite Josiah, that God was almost looking forward to, I'm, I'm going to get you guys. <laughs> We're going to get you out of the way. We're going to bring judgment on this place and tired of all your idolatry. It would seem that Josiah is standing in the way of the plan of God. So did God get Josiah out of the way? Well, the answer is no. And as we looked at this, we saw a, a king who turned his heart wholly to God. And he heard a leading on the inside of him to go and attack the king the king of Egypt, Pharaoh. And it wasn't from God. It was from the enemy. Because the enemy also wanted to see Israel judged. And Josiah was in the way. And he gave him a leading to go after a king, go into a battle. He had no place being. And even Pharaoh told him, I'm on a mission from God. I'm not here to deal with you. Leave me alone. This is what I'm here to do. This is what God told me to do. And he told me to do it quickly. And he didn't listen to him and he attacked and he died. Knowing that God spoke something to you is a sometimes a matter of life and death. And you need to know that God said it. And we as Christians need to stop with this stuff of, well, I'm not sure if it's God. 
or following after a leading that isn't God, calling it God. We've got to stop it. If we don't stop it, we're not going to grow. We're not going to do the things that we need to do. And it seems that a lot of Christians, we're not talking about unsaved people here, we're talking about Christians. It seems that a lot of Christians can do real good about hearing God for other people's lives, but not for their own. Now, i got a question for you. Now, before we do that, I'll ask that question just a little bit. Let's go over here to this verse. In 1 John 4 and verse 1, it said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, look at this. Beloved, he's, he's writing to Christians, right? He's writing to the brethren. He's writing to people that are in the fold. He says, do not believe every Spirit. Isn't that what he says? That would mean that believers can hear wrong spirits. You better just come to, come to grips with this, folks. No matter how long you've been in the body of Christ, no matter how mature you think you are, no matter how much word you think is in you, you are susceptible to hearing a wrong spirit. In fact, wrong spirits speak to you on a regular basis. Why wouldn't they? Did you get a vaccination? Can't touch anymore? If the, the further you get into the kingdom of God, the more damage you do to the enemy's kingdom, the more he wants to neutralize you. If he could get into the mind of someone like Josiah, if he could get into the mind of someone like David, if he can get into someone like Solomon and steer these people into a wrong direction, what do you think he can do with you? If Paul had people that he mentored in the things of God and the enemy was able to get into them to do wrong things, how much more do you think you could? If disciples of Jesus could be led in directions that were wrong, Peter giving in to the voice of the enemy, Jesus rebuking him, get behind me, Satan. For you are not mindful of the things of God. If Peter could do, if Judas could fall. We got to understand, folks, there's a lot of spirits out there. Only one Holy Spirit. A lot of spirits out there. And their goal is to pull you down. Their goal is to get you to quit. To not follow after God. But he's going to pass it off as being spiritual, as being godly. We've got to be able to, to discern these things. We've got to be able to tell what's going on. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. So you're supposed to do a test to see, is the spirit of God? Now think of it this way. Here's our question. If God is going to deal with brother, sister, so-and-so. Why is he talking to you about it? Right? We just got done authority. In the area of authority, God deals with authority in the right way. He's going to work through those areas. But how many times, you know, if I got, if I'm praying, and all of a sudden God tells me the direction for Ramoth Bible Training Center. And I feel, I've heard from God. And I call up, Brother Ken, say, I have a word from God. What's he going to do? 
probably going to laugh at me. <laughs> Hang up the phone. Yeah, that's uh, why would God speak to me about what he's supposed to do? I'm sure people do every, every day. Call Brother Creflo Dollar. Tell him what to do with the money that has come in. What not to do with the money that has come in. Not even going to the church. Didn't even contribute anything to it. But God is going to speak to them about what they should do. We've got to be careful. Because first off, if the Spirit is going to speak to me about a matter, one of the ways I can identify it is, should I be hearing stuff on this? Right? I mean, should I be hearing it? Is this something that God would speak to me about? Is this something I can help with? Now, if you've got people that are under you, mentors, people that, uh, that, that depend on you, would God speak? Would, if you have children, would God speak to you about the direction for those children? Absolutely. How many of you welcome when other people hear direction for your kids? How many of you like that? You know, they come on up to you and says, you know, I wouldn't treat the child that way. And you, what do you say? What, do you, what, what happens on the inside? Doesn't your danger kind of get up a little bit and say, well, well, that's good. You treat your kids the way you treat your kids and I'm going to do... Because that's what you're going to do. God's going to speak through the proper channels. But anyway, that's just tying last series in with this one. Let's, let's get into this. The word here for believe. He said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. The word there for believe, very common word. Very, used throughout the New Testament. Very often. It's to have faith in or upon something. It's basically to entrust something. That... What this is speaking about is that when I hear this thing said, that I have faith in it to believe that it's going to come to pass. It's kind of like this. How many of you all consulted the weather forecast for today? I mean, we're going to make plans, and some of those plans were going to be outside, and so you consulted the little weather app on your phone, or... However it is that you went about getting weather. You looked it over. You decide, is it calling for rain today? Where, what's the high temperature? Is it going to be sunny? You see, the high temperature is going to be in the 90s today. How many get a woot woot on that? Glory to God. I like warm. This is good. Some of you might say, no, 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 no. 70. 70 degrees. That's where we should be. But you look, you consult, and whether you like it or not, do we not put a certain amount of confidence in on that weather report? Well, it says it might rain today. So maybe we ought to have a backup plan on being outside. We put some confidence in it. That's what it's talking about here. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Do not put confidence in what these spirits are saying to you. Do not have a belief for it. Do not have faith in it. But test the spirits. So before you go to the place where you put belief in the thing that you heard, test it. Test it. Now, just stepping outside of the realm of the spirit here. How many of you have heard things at work? You heard things passed around at the office place? Heard things at work? And some of them were not good. And... You put confidence in that thing only later on to find out it wasn't true. Did that alter you to do some things that you wouldn't have done otherwise? Because you put confidence in something that you shouldn't have put confidence in. You didn't test it out. 
How many of you have been on Facebook? I've heard people say this. You can't put anything on Facebook that isn't true. Oh, you all are laughing, huh? <laughs> How many of you have seen some of those quotes that they put out there on, on Facebook? Most of the time, before I... It might be a quote that I like. I sometimes have looked it up. Did so-and-so actually say this? I found one of them. This is attributed to so-and-so all the time. I think it was an Albert Einstein quote. This is attributed to him all the time, but nowhere do we ever have that he said it. So I put it up there. I, I said, well, I don't see that Albert Einstein ever said this, but it was good. <laughs> I don't know who said it. I don't even remember what it was. But it was good. Years ago, I remember that one. But don't believe every spirit, it said. This is the Word of God. The Word of God is telling you, do not believe every spirit. Now, as we said, this is written to believers. Wrong spirits are going to speak to you. You've got to test them. You've got to test them. Men, there are many voices that come. I'm sure I've given you this kind of a list before. I'm going to give you this list there again. There are many voices that come. The first voice, the highest voice, the best voice that will ever speak to us is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the voice of God. That is number one. That is the best. If we hear from the Holy Spirit, He speaks to us, we need to obey. We need to do something about that. Here's the next one. Our spirit. Our spirit. Our spirit has a voice. It's not the voice of God. It's the voice of our spirit. But it has a voice. Third one is our flesh. Your flesh has a voice. It's not your spirit that says, I want pizza. Right? Your your spirit don't care whether you eat pizza or not, but your flesh does. Flesh wants, I want some pizza. I want some steak. I want some potatoes. Your flesh will will have a a voice. Here's another one. Other people. Are, Are not other people a voice in your life? Not always a good voice. Not always a bad voice. Other people can be a voice in our life. Have you ever had it that people, other people have spoken some good things in your life, helped you out? And have you had other people speak some things that brought doubt, fear, worry? Other people are another voice in our life. They can sometimes be good, sometimes be bad. Here's the next one. Wrong spirits. Now, wrong spirits are always bad. They're always bad. Whatever a wrong spirit says, don't believe it. Here's the problem. How do you tell the difference between the bottom and the top? And don't say, well, that's easy. One's God. No. If it was easy, think of it this way. If it was easy, would you not obey the voice of God every time you heard it? The thing that keeps us from obeying the voice of God immediately is we're just not sure if it really is Him. Well, I... Because all up until then, I think God might be saying this. But then after we saw that it's true, well, I felt the Spirit of God telling me that. No, the idea to have, is to have that confidence and that certainty before. Beforehand. That's what we've got to do. So there's many voices that come to us. We have to sift these things out. Many people cannot discern the difference between the voice of their flesh and the voice of their spirit. You don't know the difference between it. That's what fasting comes in. We talked a little bit about that. Fasting will help you discern the difference between the voice of your flesh and the voice of your spirit. It'll help you to discern the difference between... Because you've got to know, is it my flesh talking or is it my spirit talking? 
Christians who don't know the difference, oh, they're weak. They're weak. Their flesh rises up and it says something and they voice it out as if it came from their spirit. You can tell these people real easy. Have you ever heard people say this? Well, I quit my job because I felt in my spirit God telling me to quit. And a week later, I shouldn't have quit my job. Why? It's the flesh. Flesh rose up. They got mad at somebody at work and they quit. Don't do it. I told you this before. Bears repeating, no. Raymond used to always teach us. Always always used to tell us, never quit a church on Monday. A lot of wisdom in that. Because usually if anything bad happens, it happens on Sunday. And Monday, you're, you're still reeling from that Monday. You just, not just get out of this and just pack up and go. Brother Hagin used to tell us some of the stories. He said he, uh, some of the things went on in church. He got so upset, so ready to go. He said, he turned over to his wife and said, Look, let's just pull the truck up, pack everything in. We can be out of here before morning. They won't even know we're gone before we're in the next state. See, your flesh can rise up and it can say some things and it sounds like your spirit. They don't even give you justifications. It sounds like your spirit. Give you all kinds of reasons why you should do it. And scriptures. But you've got to tell the difference between your flesh and your spirit. If you want to grow in the kingdom of God, you've got to learn the difference between your flesh and your spirit. Other Christians give in to what other people say. What other people think. They do what they think other people want. You can't do that. I've related this story to you before, but I love, no one ever put it better than Brother Keith Moore for me on this one. He's, you know, people were always coming up to him, telling him how to do something in the ministry or telling him how to do something over here. And so um, this is how he finally learned to respond to them. Because, <clears throat> you know, they say, I want you to do this. I want you to have, you know, take up offering this way. I want you to sing these songs. I want you to, whatever it was they're, they're given to, I want you to do it this way. And so he would tell them this. He said, I don't do what I want to do. Why would I do what you want to do? <laughs> Man, that is, whew. That's good. Because, you know, people can get in the flesh. I don't know if you know this or not. People can get in the flesh in church. Some people think, you know, well, this kind of song. I don't know why the worship team doesn't sing this kind of song. Why aren't you worship team people singing these kind of songs more? I like those songs. Right? But you see, it's just your flesh. Your flesh got ministered to by that song. Now, your flesh can get ministered to. Do not think your flesh does not get ministered to. And don't be some super Christian who says, I never minister to my flesh. Yes, you do. Did you ever have somebody rub your neck? That's not ministering to your spirit. It's ministering to your flesh. How many enjoyed that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was kind of stiff. Minister to your flesh. Did you ever have a morning where you slept in an extra hour? Your spirit don't need to sleep. You're ministering to your flesh. Did you ever go out to dinner somewhere and get tired of being full after the meal and have to skip dessert and go right to dessert? Anybody ever done that? I have. I have. And you look at some of those restaurants. They got some great dessert menus. And you eat the, the meal and you're so full. Oh, man, that was looking good, but I can't eat that now. I'm just I'm too full. And so there's, there's a few times I've just gone in and said, you know, forget the food. Bring me the dessert. That's ministering to your flesh. It's not ministering to your spirit. It's not always wrong to minister to your flesh. It's not wrong. How many of you get on an exercise bike? Or a treadmill? Or go to the gym? You're not ministering to your spirit. 
You're ministering to your flesh. How many took a shower this morning before you came to church? That did nothing for your spirit. That's all flesh. It's not wrong to minister to your flesh. Just recognize that's the flesh, not the spirit. It's fine. Now, just don't let your flesh rule you. Make sure that you rule over your flesh, not the other way around. But it's okay. You have a flesh, take care of it. If you do not take care of your flesh, you will eventually have no more right to be here on this earth. Because your flesh is dead. Got to take care of your flesh. It needs ministering too. It needs some sleep. It needs some food. It may even need some food it doesn't like. It's alright. You take care of your, your flesh, but you make sure that you keep your body under. Don't be under your body. You start to do some spiritual things like read the Word, study the Word, pray, fast. That's ministering to your spirit. Your flesh may not like that. And your flesh may say, I don't want to do this. And what do you do? Flesh you. I took care of you already. Taking care of my spirit. Shut up. Quiet down. You don't do that, we're going to pick up some fasting. Y'all, you know you like that, don't you? <laughs> Flesh does not like fasting. Spirits do. But faith in the wrong voice will take you down the wrong path. Just like not believing in the right voice. We've got to make sure we do that. I want to show you a couple of scriptures here. In John chapter 2, verse 22, <clears throat> this is where that word believed is used. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. After he had risen from the dead, they believed the word that he said that he would suffer, die, and rise from the dead. What were they doing before he was risen from the dead? Not believing it. As long as we did not believe in that word that he spoke, it was not having a positive effect on our life. It could have had the positive effect. The statement was out there. The ability to believe on it was out there. But they did not choose to believe on it. And therefore, they had a number of days that were very difficult. Luke twenty four twenty five. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Slow in heart to believe. If you are at a place where you feel like you heard from God, but are not obeying it until after it's too late or it's obvious, are you not one who is slow of heart to believe? And should you not fix that problem? Romans chapter 4, verse 18. Speaking about Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. Believe what? Believe what God said. I will make many nations out of you. Cause you to prosper. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body, already dead since he was about a hundred years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb, did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. That's believing. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in Him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Same word there, believe. Who, has, who was delivered up because of our offenses 
and was raised because of our justification. So we, Abraham's got this great statement out there. And until he put faith in it, until he believed it, it had no effect upon his life. And the same thing for us. Abraham is our example. God has spoken things into our life, but until we believe it and act on it, it does not do us any good. We should not be slow in believing. Let's go on in this verse, 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but what? Test the spirits. The Holy Spirit is never offended if you test Him to see if He's true. This word here for test, it means to prove, to approve, to discern, or examine. It was used in the metal industry to test the nature of the metal, how strong it was, how good it was, how pure it was. They would use this test, this word here for test. Let's take a look at some other places where it's used in the Word of God. In Luke chapter 12, verse 56. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern this time? Same word there for discern is the word for test. Same word. You can look at the sky and you can test it. You can discern it. You can put it to the test to say, all right, I'm seeing the dark clouds come in. I'm seeing this kind of a color of the clouds at nighttime. I'm seeing clear sky. Whatever it is that you're seeing, you can see that and you can get an idea of what's going on. How many of you ever walked out of your house, hadn't checked the weather, hadn't checked your phone, and you just, boy, it feels like it might rain. Just got that feeling in there, feel that moisture in there. Just, it feels like it might rain. Hmm. It says, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it you do not discern this time? See, one is a spiritual matter. The other is not. Luke 14, verse 19. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. How do you test a yoke of oxen? Well, you know, I guess you see how they respond to the yoke. You see how they respond to each other. You see how they work together. You see how they... Uh, how, how, how they perform, kind of what they look like. You know, probably test it out like a, like a car. <coughs> Say you're going to go do a test drive. Go and check out a car. What would you do to the thing? Well, you'd first off, you know, drive it around. Make sure you like the feel of the car. Make sure you like how you feel sitting in the car. Make sure you, you know, there's no rattles and nothing obvious as you're driving around the car and, and you begin to feel pretty acclimated. I like I like this. Have you ever had that? Taking a car out for a test drive and as you're driving it, you're liking it more and more. Have you also had the other way where you've taken a car out for a test drive and you like it less and less? Yeah. See, you're putting it to the test. Is this, is this a good car for me? It might be a good car for someone else. This is not a good car for me. I can't see over the hood. I can't uh, reach the gas pedals. Uh, I don't have enough room. My head is healing, hitting the ceiling. Whatever it might be, you, it's just something you don't like about the thing. But if it, if it passes the, the first test, you like how it drives and stuff, then you get out. What do you do? You know, you kick the tires. You look it over. I don't know what you're looking for, but you're looking for something. So you look all around, and, and if it passes the visual test, and now we've got to go on the, the other test. We've got to see if we can get a good deal for this thing. Because, you know, it's got to come to the... To the I mean, it might be a nice car, but if it's going to cost me $600 a month, it's not $600 a month worth of good... That's not 
that's not good for me. I want something and you have a number that you put out there and we're going out there and we're talking to the salespeople. How many of y'all know those salespeople want to get you into the lowest payment possible? No, they want to get as much money out of you as they can. So uh, we sit on down there and we're trying to work out the figures. And if we get to a place where it passes this test, where it seems like they feel it's worthwhile for them to sell it at this price, I feel like it's worthwhile for me to buy it at this price, then we go over to the last stage. I don't know if you do this stage. This is the stage I do because I don't really know cars all that well. And we have a mechanic and we take the car over to the mechanic and we let the mechanic look it over and see if he can find anything that's uh, going to be a problem down the road. And if it passes that test, then we're done. But you see, we go through all these tests to make sure that I don't buy a car that's going to give me problems down the road. So I test it out. Driving it, looking it over, checking out the numbers, having it checked out mechanically. All these things go into, into, into play. And then we drive home with the car. If it passes all those kind of things. That's what this word here is talking about. Romans one twenty eight, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Did you see the word? It doesn't jump out at you in this verse. And even as they did not, the word like is this word. Isn't that interesting? And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, what that means is they heard things about God And they judged them as unbeneficial and kicked them out. And they did not retain God in their mind. They heard truth. They heard right things. But they didn't acknowledge it as being good. And they got rid of it. The New Century Version puts it this way. People did not think it was important to have a true knowledge of God. Another verse, Romans 2 and verse 17 Indeed, you are called a Jew and rest on the law and make your boast in God and know his will and approve the things that are excellent. You approve the things that are excellent, being instructed out of the law and are confident that you yourselves are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. But you know his will and you approve the things that are excellent. Romans 14, verse 22. Do you have faith? Have it, in, have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. Isn't that good? You have not approved something for your life that will condemn you. That will bring you down. That will hurt you in any way. But we have to approve them. I am the one who has to approve the word that is spoken. Is it of God? Is it not? Is it source God? Is it source something else? Is this something that will be beneficial? Is it something that will not be beneficial? So we should, when we get this, we should first off, I'll read it out this way. Whatever you get in the realm of the Spirit, you must prove it. You must test it. You must approve it to see if it be of God. Now, when should you do this? As soon as it comes. As soon as you get that thing from God, you need to start approving. You need to start testing that thing. What happens to some Christians is they get something from God. I need to check that out. And two weeks later, they haven't done anything with it. Now, I put this in your outline because I want you to think about this. How much time will you have to prove it? 
How much time will you have to prove it? You don't know, do you? But understand this. From the time in which you need to know whether it's of God or not, from the time when you got it is enough time to do it. You have enough time to prove whatever God has said from the time that you got it until the time that you need to make a decision. Whether you use all that time or not is up to you. But you will have enough time. God will not give it to you too late for you to check it all out. Now, what may have happened is that I got it the first time and I shelved it and even forgot I even got it. And God gave it to me a second time. Now my time is, is short. I may say, oh, I forgot God gave that to me. Yeah, I need to, I need to prove that thing out. I need to check that thing out. You need to get going on it. But you will have enough time to prove it. But you've got to take advantage of it. You've got to be, if God took his time to reveal it to you, you need to spend time, is this of God? Is this something I need to do something with? I need to check it out. And once you decide that it's of God, you need to decide, what should I do with it? Sometimes people hear the right thing from God, but they don't know what to do with it, and they do something stupid. That's not so good. Let's go back to our verse here. First John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because, here's the reason, many false prophets have gone out into the world. Do you know what that word many means? A whole lot. This word is not used for just a handful. This, use is, this word is used for many. So that would mean we got a whole lot of believers who heard something false, something from a false spirit, believed it as God, and went out and acted on it. Because he's saying, this is the reason. He says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they're from God. Because, here's the reason for it, many false prophets have gone out into the world. What makes a person a false prophet? All right, a prophet is one who has a message, right? So a false prophet is one who has a false message. They received the message. It wasn't from God. They didn't discern it as not from God. They accepted it as, as God and they believed it. And they went off and operated on, on that. And we're teaching things based on that revelation. Proclaiming things based on that revelation. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. One sentence, but a whole lot in there, isn't it? Do not just, just because you get something in your spirit doesn't mean it came from God. You can pick up on things in the spirit and it's not God. What's God saying? Might be wrong spirit saying. It might even, what they're saying might even be true. It may say something about somebody and that might be true, but it's not from God. If it's not from God, if it's from the enemy, he means it for destruction. If you go out and proclaim it, you're going to be part of that destruction. Don't do it. Let me read this again to you. I want you to see something. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether it is truth. Did it say that? There's a whole lot of Christians who think because of what I received is truth, it's God. 
you can receive something that is true and not of God. Yeah, because why is God sharing it with you? Why is God telling somebody else's business to you? And then why are you proclaiming it the way you are to embarrass them, hurt them, set them back? That's not right. You are not to test out the validity of the truth. You are to test out whether it's from God. Isn't that what it says? But how many times do we hear it, test it out to see if it's true? And we'll go on that. Well, it was true what I said. doesn't matter if it's true. Did it come from God? Because God does things to benefit the kingdom. When Peter stood up and rebuked Jesus, what he was saying was not of God. And that's what, that's what Jesus said. When Jesus says to Peter and he rebukes him, he doesn't say what you're saying is not true. He says, you are not mindful of the things of the Spirit, but the things of the flesh. First off, starts off, get behind me, Satan. He's identified the source. Because the test is, is it of God? That's the test. Is it of God? Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Not just a handful. Many. If it happened a lot in Paul's day, if it happened a lot in Jesus' day, if it happened a lot in John's day, wouldn't it stand a reason that it's still happening a lot now? Remember something that um, Brother Jay said. When you don't listen to God's voice, other voices will speak up. If God speaks into your life and you don't pay attention to it, other voices will come up. And then he also went on to talk about how that voice will sound very much like you, very much like something you would hear. We have to be careful about these things. Now, I'll put this here in the, the end for you. How serious is it? A couple of things. How serious is it to present the voice of your flesh as the voice of God? How serious is that? Is that a serious offense? If I get something in my flesh and I present it that it came to my spirit from the spirit of God, how serious of a matter is that? I, I consider that pretty serious. I'm passing on flesh as if it was God. How serious is it to proclaim the voice of the enemy as the voice of God? Well, if a spirit is speaking something to me and I don't test it out to find out if it's of God and then proclaim it to be God, and that spirit is not of God, who's it of? So I'm taking the enemy and proclaiming his word as God's word. How serious do you think God would take that? All right. How serious is it to prefer, prefer the voice of others to the voice of God? To prefer the voice of others to the voice of God. If God speaks something to you, you have proved it out, you have tested it out, you determine this is of God and you are setting out to work in this thing. And then other people begin to rise up and say some things and kind of cool your jets. Stop you from, from moving out in that. Haven't I given preference to other people? Now we'll get into this some more in the, in the time to come. But if God is speaking to you, we're going to show you this in the Word of God. 
just going to make the statement on here, but we'll show it to you in the Word of God. There is no time in the Bible that He spoke something to His servants to do that any person could stop. I'm going to repeat that for you one more time. There is no time in the Word of God that He spoke something to His servants to do that any other person could stop. Now, the other people can stop listening. But they could not stop that person from doing what God said. It's important for us to see that in the Word. We're going to take some time to see it. Because how many times have you felt you got something from God, but such and such a person stopped you and you, you, you relented? Well, I can't do what God said because so-and-so. Then was it of God? We're going to show it to you in the Word of God. There is no time in the Word of God where somebody got something to do that anyone could stop them from doing. So here's one test that you've got. If what I am hearing to do is dependent on someone else, more than likely, I've not heard from God. Or I haven't at least heard the right application of how to do it. Got to be careful in this kind of stuff. But we prefer the voice of others to the voice of God. Don't do this. Husbands and wives got to be careful about this. Now, this is Father's Day. <clears throat> and fathers, too often fathers are not taking the lead in spiritual, spiritual matters. They're letting the wives do it. You know, because uh, we all know that wives are infallible. They, sometimes that's how we treat it. Let me tell you what, folks. Wives can miss it just as much as husbands can. Because we all have a flesh. And if you miss God because you listen to your wife instead of doing what God said to do, you miss God. Same thing with the wife. We've got to get out there and we've got we to spend some time to, to listen and to hear. I remember uh, brother, brother Keith Moore, once again, he was telling the story when they went to Ramah. They just went down to Ramah for a visit. And they're walking on through. And he felt the Spirit of God telling them, you're going to come here. He didn't want to go there. But he felt the Spirit of God telling him, you're going to come here. He didn't want to come. He didn't like the place. He liked it back where it was home. So he said, well, you better speak to my wife about it too. And so on the way home, they're driving on home. They're going on, on the way. And, and um, she said to him, have you ever felt God telling you to do something you just didn't want to do? So you know what he said to her? I have no idea. What are you talking about? No idea what you're talking <laughs> just, just played ignorant on the whole thing. Well, they eventually got on the, the, the page where they shared and God had spoken to each of, each of them and, uh, and they went on and they did the thing. But too often we hide behind other people. Well, other, other people won't let me do this. That's not, that's not the thing of God. If God is going to speak to people, He's going to speak through the proper channels. He's going to speak through the proper authority. And if he spoke to you about a matter that is in someone else's jurisdiction, did he really speak to you? If it's in somebody else's jurisdiction, why is he speaking to you? See, sometimes that's a test right there. Oh, wait a minute, God. I have no, I have no jurisdiction there. You can't be speaking anything to me. The Spirit of God will say, yeah, that's right. I didn't say a word about that. We've got to be careful about that. A lot of people out there hearing about how pastor, brother, sister, 
whoever is dealing in ministry, is dealing with their money, whatever it is, it's not your business. All right. Don't prefer the voice of others to the voice of God. You got to honor God. Here's the last one. Procrastinate believing in the voice of God. How serious is it to procrastinate believing in the voice of God? How serious is it to keep waiting on doing what God said to do? Now, understand how God works. If God speaks to you, that word does not overcome another person's will. Because God does not overcome another person's will. We have to understand that. How God operates. I can't say, you must do this. You must go here. You must... No. I have no jurisdiction over that. God tells me what I'm supposed to do. God tells me what I'm supposed to say. But I've got to, I've got to be careful. We've got all kinds of applications for this in the, in the church. You folks up on the worship team. You know, most of you guys are here. Some of the other ministries aren't, aren't always here. But you guys, are, you guys are here. If you're getting something in your spirit about a direction in which to go, then you've got to say, well, God, what am I supposed to do with that? I've got to test the spirits out. I got. I got. I mean, if I don't know that this would would ever happen, but let's just say that uh, Brother Jim got a song in his spirit, and the rest of the team is singing one song, and then Brother Jim just got up there and sang that song. And you ask him about it later on, and Brother Jim said, "Brother Jim, you've never done this. This is why I'm singing." <laughs> but if. Uh, Someone comes up to Brother Jim afterwards and says, Brother Jim, why were you singing that song? Everyone else is singing over here. Well, I felt God was telling me I was supposed to sing this song. Well, can you see a problem with that? Certainly we can. You've got to test these things out. We've got to be in, in, in one place on those kind of things. You know, if, if Brother Ray is over there, and, uh, and like today, Brother Jolly got up, let us in the offering. And then Brother Ray is back over there, and he doesn't uh, pass the offering buckets around. We go back and say, Brother Ray, how come you haven't done the, the offering? And, and Brother, I didn't feel that the Spirit of God was telling me to do that right now. Could you see that would be a problem? If the person is sitting at the computer doing the words, feels in their spirit to do a song different from the one the worship team is doing and puts the words up there for the different song. Could you see where that would be a problem? But they said, well, I was, I was just following the leading of my spirit. My spirit was telling me to do this. Can you see that would be a that would be a problem? Yeah, we could we could certainly see that. There are some things that just can be tested out a little bit easier than others. But test it out. The word of God tells us about confusion. And it shouldn't be there. We're going to look at this in this time to come about that, how that confusion can come in. Sometimes people say, Well, I'm so confused about this. Well, you shouldn't be. The word of God's real clear on it. What muddies it up is that the other spirits, the enemy, begins to feed other things in. And I think I'm supposed to listen to that, but then this one's going this direction, and, and now I'm confused. No, you shouldn't be confused at all. There's no, no need for that kind of confusion to, to go on. We can certainly follow after the things of God and do those things. But don't procrastinate. If you heard something from God, be attentive to it. Find out, Father God, is this, is this you? 
Because what you have to do as a believer is get to the place where when God speaks, you can go through the testing process in seconds to minutes and know what you're supposed to do. Brother Hagin used to always tell us, instantly obey the voice of your spirit. Instantly obey the voice of your spirit because your spirit is tuned into the spirit of God. And when you receive that direction, instantly obey that voice. But many Christians haven't discerned the voice of the spirit from the voice of the flesh. And if they instantly obeyed that voice, they'd be in a heap of trouble. And there'd be confusion all over the place because we haven't tested it out. We haven't done these, these kind of things. I've told you this story before, but there's no better example in my life than this one. That's my little dog, Shasta. When, when we got her, I was in high school, had all the time in the world to train her. I wouldn't be able to do this today. Don't ask me to help train your dog to do this kind of thing. I had the time and we did it. I trained that dog to obey my voice instantly. I trained that dog to know what I wanted in almost any situation. And most times, I didn't even have to speak to the dog. I could snap my fingers and that dog would know exactly what I wanted it to do. And it never bucked. It never exerted its own will over mine. It did what I wanted it to do, whether it felt like it or not. Because of it, I had a lot of freedom with that dog. Some of the best days I had growing up, I'd take that dog going down to the park. She loved going down to the park. And she knew she's on the leash all the way down to the park. When we get to the park, that dog comes off the leash. And she was free to run. And she took off like she hadn't run in a week. She'd just run and run and run and run. And she'd splash in the creek and she'd check out all the things. She'd smell everything she would. She's always around me, always looking back to make sure she was somewhere around. And if I snapped my fingers, her head would perk up and she'd discern what is it that I, if I say sit, the dog would sit right there. Didn't matter what dog came by, didn't matter what rabbit came by, that dog would sit right there and that dog would not move until I came over to it or I gave it a command to move. If it saw another dog, it would not chase after it. Never, never chase after the other dog. That dog would look at me. If I gave it the okay, it'd go over and check out the dog. If I said no, it'd just go about his business. It, it lived to please me. I told you one of the biggest tests I had, we were getting on the other side of the, of the turnpike. It was all flooded with water. I couldn't just walk wait across there. But it wasn't as big of the interchange down at Willow Grove, the interchange there. It wasn't as big as it is now. And so what we would do is I'd go in down there and I'd tell that dog, sit. I didn't have to say stay. I just had to say sit. And that dog would sit herself right on down there and that dog would not move despite the fact that I was out of sight. And I would climb up the side of the interchange, up the mountain. I'd cross over the interchange. I'd come down the other side, walk on over where the dog could see me. And I'd say, okay. And the dog would tear right across in the water. And uh, it never moved. Never moved one time. Because she was so obedient, because she would listen so good, I could do things with that dog that other people could not do. And there are many other things we, we were able to do and train her to do. It wasn't because I was a good trainer. I just had time. And, we, and, and she responded, if we as believers can learn to obey God that well, 
then God can use us like he cannot use us now. He is looking for people who will be that obedient, that quick to respond, because those are the ones that he can use in ways that dwarf what other people can be used by. That's what we have to get to. That has to be our our place. Don't believe every spirit. Test the spirits. You see, if you walked up to my dog Shasta and you told her to come, she wouldn't come. If you hid behind the house and she couldn't see you and you said the word come, she wouldn't come. She would sit there and she would wait. She didn't even have to see my face, but if she heard me say, okay, she came. Running right up to wherever the voice was. She listened for that one voice. When we get so tuned in to the things of the Spirit, so tuned in that He just speaks and we move. He says, stop, and we stop. He says, go, and we go. Oh, I'll tell you what. The things we can do. The problem that comes in is that we all have our own will and our own flesh that rises up and pretends to be spiritual. And we obey it. And we bring strife. And we bring in confusion. And we bring in problems. But when we listen to the voice of God, peace, joy, harmony, that's what comes in. So we're going to spend a few weeks just learning these things. Understanding how we can test the voice of the Holy Spirit. How we can know the right spirit from the wrong spirit. Instantly. Instantly. It'll make the difference between us soaring in the kingdom of God and just getting along. Would you all stand up with me? Father, I thank you for that voice that you have put down on the inside of us. I thank you that the Holy Spirit lives and abides in us and that he speaks to our spirit. That, Father, we receive revelation from you. And when we do, we need to learn to test it. Check it out right away. Know how to prove that this is God. We need to know its source. If we know the source, we know its truth. Because the Holy Spirit never reveals anything that isn't true. We don't have to know the content. It's truth. We just need to know the source. If it be of God, it's all we have to prove. Father, I thank you for the help that you give us to learn that voice, to hear that voice above all others. It will change our life. I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Glory to God. We have some praise reports here this morning. Also, about three weeks ago, I got a job making more money than I asked for. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Jen says, I received healing in two areas of my body. Was that during the meetings this week? Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, This is from Ethel. She said, while Anne Durant was here, 
Not only did I receive healing power for noise in my ears, I received confirmation to keep doing what I had been doing, following the instructions given by God through the Holy Spirit. She said, and great clarity of two passages of Scripture, John 13.10 concerning the dirt on our feet and Hebrews 11.1 1, concerning the substance. So praise God, she received her healing. Um, Jim has a couple here. He says, I was having problems with one of my hearing aids. Um, so he took it to get it checked. It was completely broken. Um, if it had to be sent out for repairs, it would have cost him $650. But the person at the desk found um, some spare parts and fixed it for him, so it cost him nothing. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. His favor. Um, here's another one for favor. He says, we've been waiting to sell their car. Uh, actually, it's the little truck. Um, they needed parts for it. The parts came in, and they were putting it up for sale. They wanted 4000 They were asking 4000 um, was hoping to get three and ended up with 3600 So praise God for that. Amen. Financial blessings. Um, what's that one there? Yeah. Mercy said, During worship today, a burden and weakness was lifted off of me and the congregation. Praise God. Um, Ento says, I was driving to Walmart this week while praying when I suddenly got hit by a car behind me. I thank God because no one got hurt. The lady that hit me had children in the car. No damage on both cars, and everyone was fine. Praise God. Um, I believe my prayer saved us. Hallelujah. And this one, congratulations, Les and Marguerite. Just please join us as we thank God for his faithfulness to us as we celebrate our 40th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Amen. Amen. Uh, Any other praise reports from this past week? I'd have a stack full. I'm excited because from my praise report, we saw a lot of people with direction given, with clarity to um, uh, ministries, ministry areas that would be opening up, to business opportunities that would be coming, to favor and promotion that would be coming. Hallelujah. Over and above what you could ask or think or imagine. Amen. There was a lot that was imparted to us this week. And one of the things that I saw was... Um, I was kind of confused as to why more people weren't here from the other churches. But if you noticed, most of the things that were brought forth was specific for our church. Right from the beginning was specific for us. So that thing where people say, well, God knows who's going to be here and when they're going to be here and, and he'll minister to those that are coming. That was so right on key, right on point for us. The things that God spoke to us as a church about coming up about recouping those things that were stolen. I just have been camping on that quite a bit. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Um, I just have one announcement about this weekend. Friday night is our second praise and worship night, prayer and praise night. Um, if you weren't here for the first one and you don't know what we're doing, we're just getting together and worshiping God, praising God, and then going into prayer. These nights are different than Sunday morning. They're different than Wednesday nights because it can be anything goes. And what I mean by that is this. I'm endeavoring to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way that night. He might give me a little bit of a direction ahead of time as to what we're going to do, but I believe that as we come together corporately that night, he will lead us directly into what he wants. It may be completely worshiping God the entire time. It may be praising God. It may be going directly into prayer and not having any type of praise. It may be teaching. Whatever he wants to do, we're open. We just want to remain open. The, the purpose of these two is like Pastor's talking about today, learning how to hear his voice. But not just learning how to hear his voice, learning how to flow with him then. He, might, he may speak something, but then what? 
where do we go? What do we do? And one thing that he's really been, been putting on me, I've been just downloading notes this morning about this, is the fact that this is a body thing. The Lord sees the church as the body. We are the body of Christ. He might give direction to me because I'm leading it, but he's going to use each and every person here. And I don't want to be the dictator and say, well, I want you to do... No, I want him to speak to you. I want you to learn to hear his voice and to be free to move, be free to follow him, be free to speak up whatever he tells you. So come expecting, come excited, because this is, this is a continuation of, of uh, what happened the last time. The last time was awesome. We had some really great breakthroughs the last time, and I'm expecting more. Um, what's his name? He was just here. Jay. <laughs> I forgot his name. There was but Jay even spoke about breakthroughs that happened during the meetings this past week. So come expecting to be on the other side of those things on Friday night. We're meeting here at 7.30. Sorry, 7.30. <coughs> about an hour and a half at the most. You know, if the Holy Spirit leaves us longer, we'll go longer. But I'm not going to push something and make it be longer. Um, so just... Come expecting to follow him and flow with him. And bring your supply of the Spirit. Each person's been given a supply. Bring the supply. We need you. Amen? Any questions about that before we go? All right.